Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. The trip to the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie. If uh, Brupolo was in Houston, Brewston. Yes, it would. The home of Chris Jones. Chris Jones, the leader right. of SAC Nation. That's right. Yeah. That's just right down the road for me. Well, I'm in about 30 minutes. but Yeah. Good friend of mine's wife. What happened there? I, I, that was kind of weird. The mic is like, I don't want to be that close to you, Robbie. That was really weird. <laughs> the mic just moved. I don't know what <laughs> happened. We've got a poltergeist in here. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Caroline. Step into the light. Caroline. <laughs> this house <laughs> is clean now. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, your house can be full of the delicious smell of strange brew coffee every morning. All you gotta do is go to all you gotta do is go to strangebrewcoffee.com and place your order for shipping. Bring it right to you. Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your front counter, they got you taken care of at Strange Brew Coffee House. You know, I say that, right? I say that every time. Whatever kind of coffee machine. I don't know that for sure. There might be some crazy coffee machines out there that I don't know about. But no one has texted me well actually yet, so I assume I'm doing good on that. And you know somebody would. Now, now, yeah, somebody would be like, you know, I have the uh, I have the Espresso Mate 6000X, and uh, you can't use Strange Brew Coffee on that. Yeah, exactly. Well, to which I would say you're a douche. Yes. So, uh, College Corner <laughs> and collegecornerstore.com. We always get off the rails a little bit on Strange Brew. It, it, you know, it's part of the fun. Strange Brew, uh, I'm sorry, College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise. I was at the grocery store just yesterday. Not, no, sorry, just uh, Friday. And I saw maroon is all that matters shirt. I'm just like, how? Oh. Why? God, why? How, and then Every I, now and then you'll see that one still exists. A friend of mine texted me. He's like, I just saw Maroon is All That Matters shirt here. He lives down in, in the uh, the Jackson area, and he, uh, he's like, he's like, I thought you were kidding. Do not tell Ryan Sparks this is happening. Yeah. I, that's all I can. He's say. like, I thought you were kidding. I didn't realize it was such a plague on our society. Get rid of them. They're still around, man. Get a new shirt. It has been eighteen years. You're holding Ooh, on to that shirt. Has it really been that long? Yeah. If you had a kid oh, the man. day after you got that shirt, that kid's getting ready for their first year at state right now. How depressing is that? Well, the only thing more depressing than that is an actual maroon is all that matters shirt. That's right. Get a new shirt. Get it at College Corner. I get fired, very fired up about that. Humble Taco. Somebody sent us a picture from Humble Taco this weekend. I don't know if you saw it or not. They they, they took our advice with the Humble Taco, and they got the Mexican corn. And they, I mean, that is a full ear of corn happening there. Oh, my there. goodness. I mean, it looked good. That's what I'm it talking about. man. So Humble Taco, Starville's best Mexican restaurant. They are serving up tacos that you can't get 
anywhere else. You want something different, but you want, to, but it's familiar too. It's it's still a taco. It's still meat and or tortilla with with you know salsa and vegetable. It, it's still familiar to you, but it's a different taste. It's something you've never had before. That's what we're talking about, and you want to try it. It's only at Humble Taco. Make Firehouse Subs the pick for lunch today because it's just so easy. Download the free Firehouse Subs app, place your order online. It's ready within just a few minutes, and boom, reward points. They're just piling up every time you place an order. And then you get a free sandwich. And what's better than that? Not a whole lot, I will tell you. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Floyd and Madison. That is Firehouse Subs. We've got an easy show today. It sort of writes itself for us. Three things to talk about. Obviously, <clears throat> in the end of the show, we'll, we'll go over the uh, the countdown. Two games to to hit on there. We will talk recruiting uh, as we as what we thought was going to happen has finally happened. Uh, so we'll do that. And a, a bo- lot of people were ready to to uh, come with their pitchforks and mm-hmm. and all that. Whenever we we were pretty confident about Chris we'll, Parson. We'll explain why we were so confident in the second in that part of the show. Yeah. But we will start off with the, the scrimmage from Saturday at Davis Wade Stadium. And, Robbie, when I got there, the thing I told myself was, outside of an injury, I'm not going to take away very much from today. You know, if Will Rogers gets hurt, okay, that changes some things for me. But regardless of what I see on the field, I'm just not. I'm going to take it all with a grain of salt. And so I feel like I've done that. And even then, I would tell you, that was not the offense's best day at Davis Wade Stadium. Defensively, you know, you never know, right? You never know. It's like, are they good defensively or are they just bad off? You never know. I will agree with something I saw on, on it was on 24-7. They said, you know, when you see the offense dominating the first scrimmages, that's not a good sign. Not good. And I remember, I'm an old man, I remember back to 2003, Ron Cooper's year here at Mississippi State. Oof. And like every scrimmage, you're like, Antonio Hargrove has 140 yards receiving. Oh, God. And you're like, man, offensively, he must be really good. And it was Quite the opposite. The PTSD so, from everything you just said. I know, man. People just winced. So I don't take too much away from it, but it's obvious the offense, they've, they've still got some, some work to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But if you look back at you know last spring or last fall scrimmages, it was very similar. I mean, they're, they're, and we, we also have to preface all that with Will Rogers was not in, was not in there that often. A lot of times, you know, it was second, third team guys getting the reps. There was a mixture of offensive linemen in there. There's a mixture of all these other guys. I mean, it's just it's one of those things where you you really do have to really take a step back and realize this is a scrimmage. This isn't a real game situation. They didn't do things normally. Um, the the possessions were all out of whack. So you do have to to really kind of take it with a grain of salt like you said. I I just I couldn't really take hardly anything away from yesterday. I thought the defense was really impressive. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things like, you know, the defense really flashed and while but while the offense didn't have a great day, I and mean, it's kind of one of those things like you're not really worried about it. Like right. I'm I'm not really concerned. I I know that this offense is going to be good. Mm-hmm. And then there were some drops. There yeah. were some missed assignments here and there. Um, I made a joke, and I, I think it's funny that why, why, why do you need Chris Parson? Will Rogers averaged ten yards a carry in this. That's scrimmage. right. We I saw mean, some speed option plays. Oh, don't, don't, no, 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 don't, don't bring that up. We brought that up last year. We were made to look like fools. There were two. I think they ran that twice last year, and one yeah. of them got called back. Yes, they ran it three or four times, and it was effective yeah. in the scrimmage. But I mean, you know, the other thing that, that you have to take into account offensively is this: 
Arnett is not running the defense, and I've, I've said this many times, Arnett's not running the defense that Mississippi State's going to be seeing. They're not going to be seeing guy blitzing six, yeah. seven guys at a time the way Arnett's going. You know, they're going to see guys dropping back into coverage, and Rodgers will have time to find those windows. I thought the offensive line played okay. You know, I know there were some sacks, but... I didn't think the first team was bad at all. No, the first team was fine. The sacks were not coming off the edge. The sacks were coming from second-teamers. Mm-hmm. The sacks were coming against when the offensive line was mixed and matched like it was. The first-team offensive line, I don't even know if Will, Will Rogers might have been sacked once. Maybe I, I think I, once, yeah. He was not sacked very, but often. it was a, he had plenty it was pressure of up the middle. It was, yeah, because that's what everybody's worried about is those tackle positions. I thought, you know, uh, Johnson and Jones were, were were good there. I'm interested in that switch that seems to have occurred there to put Cam Jones out at right tackle and Albert Reese. But you know what? Sometimes it just makes sense to have the more experienced guy out there on the on the edge, yeah, and the less experienced guy inside where he can get more help. I like and Cam let him grow into that position. I like Cam better on the inside, but like you said, I mean, this might be better for Mississippi State right now to have him at right tackle because that's still a very important spot. That's a spot that you're going to be seeing pressure on the on the left and the right side on the edge. You got to have somebody there that can block, and you feel comfortable in Cam Jones being able to do that. So I like him at at guard, but if you Want to be, you know, really effective on the outside. He's probably your best option right now. Otherwise, you're throwing in a freshman that's never played that position before mm-hmm. um, no, on this level. So that being said, if I took one, if I was going to take something away, the thing that would that would concern me the most right off the bat, and maybe it's just because there's some, you mentioned the word PTSD a little bit ago with kickers. Oh but yeah, a little, that was not the best performance from from Mississippi State's kickers. Now that said, they were cycling through three guys. Yeah, I I, I don't remember exactly what Biscardi was. I think he was two for three. He missed a couple. Did he missed a couple. Okay, yeah. that concerns me. I think after you left, he had missed another one. So yeah, I got he, and, and you know Lee, Lee screwed me on that one. I thought the third team was about to come in. And I was like, I'm not watching another third team drive. Yeah, they just kept going, and they let the first team have another series. Yeah. Um. Dang it, yeah, Mike. kicking was not good. I mean, it, it wasn't like bad misses, but it's a miss. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like they were, you know, line drives that were falling below the crossbar. They were missing wide left, wide right, or whatever. They've got to get that figured out, man. they got to have a kicker that they can count on, you know, inside 45. Those guys have to be automatic. And if not, you're in trouble. And we saw that last year in Mississippi State. They've got to have... Um, a, a consistent kicking game, and you know we've been told in the off season that they improved that, and um, you know they they gave a scholarship to Massimo Biscardi. You know they have another transfer in here in Ben Raybon. I'm just not seeing it yet. Uh, it's not time to hit the panic button just yet, but they're consistently at practices and scrimmages. They they haven't been nearly as effective as I thought. But, you know, again, it's just practices. Let's see how they handle a game situation. I agree. I agree. They've got a long way to go. They've still got three weeks' worth of practice. I would almost be willing to, you know, guarantee, and I could be wrong, but I would almost be willing to guarantee that next week's scrimmage will be a little cleaner on the offensive side of the ball. They'll clean up some of those those mistakes. Uh, The drop passes, those were an issue. I, 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 I... what Leach said about receivers being physical ties into what we saw out there because how many times were we like, that's interference? 
Yeah. You know, they had officials out there. We're like, that, that is interference. It's pretty obvious those guys were told, look, just let them fight for the ball. Now mm-hmm. I, I want to see who's tougher. Yeah. And, and that's fine. I don't have an issue well, with that. And, the, Le- and they Leach, did a good job of setting that up. Leach mentioned that yesterday is mm-hmm. they have to get tougher wide receivers. So I wonder if that was kind of a. That was the plan, I think. Yeah. Like, let them, unless it's just egregious, let them fight it out. Because he, he said his receivers right now are just not tough enough. If you Speaking of receivers, if you told me to pick a guy that I was impressed by, that I wasn't expecting to be impressed by, is, is Justin, uh, Robinson. Justin Robinson. Yep. He looks like he can contribute this year. Yep. I mean, and I don't know why I'm surprised by that. Because you're talking about a f- kid who was a four star player out of high school that was good enough to be signed by Georgia. Yeah. Well, Georgia, it's because not, he, not, not Georgia State, Georgia. You know, we, we've seen the guys come from the bigger schools transfer mm-hmm. that just are duds. So I mean I could Is that understand Tyrell Shaver syndrome I'm suffering. Yeah, from? which I mean he was doing fine. Well, he had a great he, first game, and then he had he, he had the off the field trouble. stuff. Yeah, Justin Robinson is the most improved player to me from spring to training camp. He has been night and day different. Um, I I, th- I was really impressed with him in practice coming in. I was impressed with him yesterday. He gets open. He he's uh, consistently catching the ball. He was dropping a lot of passes in the spring. But he's really cleaned that up. He looks like he's kind of starting to feel himself a little bit. He's starting to figure out, you know, the, putting it all together. Um, the athleticism, the size has never been an issue with him, but he's never done it on the field yet. That's a guy that looks like he's starting to get it together. And if he does, I mean, that's a dangerous, dangerous player. I mean, like you said, he was a four-star wide receiver coming to high school. Good enough that Georgia wanted him, and those guys can evaluate so if everything comes together for him, he's a major weapon for state. I was really impressed by him. I and, J- and Jordan Mosley has been much improved. The two transfer guys, you know, a lot of people were a little, you know, skeptical of what they were doing at wide receiver because they went and got two guys that were kind of unproven in the Power Five. You know, they were rated well out of high school, but they really hadn't done anything yet. Those guys were – they had some bad moments during the spring. This fall, both of those guys are pushing for starting reps. And that's good. That's what you want. When you, when you go out and get a guy in the transfer portal, you want that guy to compete for starting mm-hmm. reps. And, and that's it, what those guys are doing. And, again, those two, Mosley and Robinson, four-star commitments from Power 5 yeah. universities. Maybe the athleticism should, is there. We shouldn't be so surprised that these guys – I mean, it's the same thing you had last year. I don't I don't know what Makai Polk was out of high school – but you get a a power five transfer at the receiver position. This is a position that's been productive. That's he been productive, productive before. And you got you know Spurrier is a guy. He's been doing this long enough that you're going to trust his evaluations. Obviously, you trust Leach's evaluations for these skill position guys and for quarterbacks. It's just not. It should. It shouldn't be such a big surprise, I guess. But it it was. I, I, he was a guy watching him yesterday. I was like, looks like an SEC football player. I think. And what I'll say, you know, the, the offense did not have a good day, mm-hmm. but it's still. Very apparent that Mississippi State has lots of talent and lots of players out there that can that can make plays at wide receiver. Um, I mean, more than they've ever had. Uh, so while they didn't have a good day, it's easily seen that the talent level out there is very high, and the number of players that can make a difference in a ball game is very high. Mm-hmm. That's good news for Mississippi State. They're going to get it together on offense. They have too many bodies out there at wide receiver. They have too much experience with uh, Will Rogers. So, I, you know, I'm not worried about this offense at mm-hmm. all. Um, I'm more, I'm, I'm more, I guess, excited about the defense. 
Yeah, uh, you know, I, I've been I've been high on this defense from the start, but seeing them out there in action, you can definitely see a defense that I think is going to be one that can that can help Mississippi State win games this year, and not one that just needs to, to keep the score down for they, the offense. This is one that can they've actually got playmakers. Hold its own. They've yes. got playmakers on defense. They've got speed on defense, and then they've got guys. They have so much experience in the front, and, and especially in the front seven. It's just going to be difficult to, to to overmatch these guys. Will Alabama do it? Absolutely, absolutely, they will. It's Alabama, but everybody else, and that includes Georgia to a certain degree, is going to have you know trouble with Mississippi State defensively. Mm-hmm. State can match up with a lot of, of, of SEC defenses. And on top of offenses, that, you say. have Arnett, who's going to disguise some good blitzes. Mm-hmm. He's going to be bringing pressure from everybody. So. You know, the talent level, the experience in Zach Arnett, I think is setting up a perfect storm for this defense. I, th- I think this defense is going to be really good. I really do. I've, I've seen enough of them here in the uh, in, in practices and scrimmage so far. I think they're going to be really good. I think even some people in this fan base might be surprised by the defense this year. I agree. I agree. We, you know, it's funny. We Defense is sort of the focus. We talked about it last week on the podcast. Had Zach Arnett on the Thunder and Lightning live. It's it, – we. It, it's starting to become more prevalent that Mississippi State's defense is going to be pretty good this year. That said, the offense still still some work to do, so yep. we'll, you know they'll get through that. All right, y'all been waiting on this version of the song. Let's let, this song, this in particular, you guys have been waiting to hear it. Let's do it. Here he is, Chris Parson, officially a Mississippi State commitment, the quarterback out of Brentwood, Tennessee, Ravenwood High School, four-star composite on 24-7. Still, still as of 120 on a Sunday, a four-star. You're just waiting for I'm that. waiting. I'm waiting. Um, made his commitment very emotional. I thought if you, I, I, I had the uh, the YouTube stream up live here while the show was going on on Friday, and when he when he the words came out of his mouth, I'm not trying to you know I'm not a psychologist and I'm not the guy I can read people or anything like that, but you felt like he was excited about the commitment, and it felt like a relief to say it finally and get it over with, and now he can move forward with you know doing his job of a leading his team to a state championship. And B, bringing other quality players into this class. We've talked about Parson from what he brings to Mississippi State and what it's going to look different for Mississippi State when he finally takes the reins here in Starkville, assuming that he does. Is this the start of a new era? I mean, it's tough to say that when you're talking about something that's going to happen down the road, but with him, with your everybody's favorite, Trey Petty, on, yes. on deck for 2024. Is Mike has Mike Leach committed to change? I think you know we've talked about this a lot of times, and I think that I think this is a sign that there is something down the line, um, a shift, maybe even even slightly, a shift in philosophy or how you're going to use your quarterbacks. I don't expect a major change for Mississippi State in the air raid offense. I think this is still going to be an offense that's going to be you know what it is, but I just think that. Going and getting a more athletic quarterback, a guy that can that can win with his feet, that can get out of the pocket. 
I, I just I feel like that is that's what we're seeing here. You still want to get a guy that you know can throw it, and that he's going to have the accuracy. He's going to have the arm, and this guy's got that. He's got he's got a strong arm on him. He's got accuracy. He had a really good Elite Eleven finals. So I mean, this is just a a great fit for Mississippi State in a multitude of ways. And honestly, you know, if Mike Leach isn't here in a couple years, you still have Chris Parson that can come in and, and run a spread offense or something like that. I mean, this is you're not going to be held to you know just air raid quarterbacks if Mike Leach leaves. That's a good point. Which I think is I think that's good for Mississippi State as well. But yeah, I mean, I just think and to your point about you know his announcement, I think it I think Mississippi State just means something to that family. Mm-hmm. I mean. You can go on our on our site and read that story that Paul did, you know, talking to the family and all the connections that they had. You know, his great granddad was on the the turf team here. Mm-hmm. He'd paint the lines at Davis Wade Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, his grandparents still live in Starkville. His mom's from Starkville. His dad graduated from Mississippi State. So many things that you know has kind of been a detriment for Mississippi State over the years. It's kind of been a running joke. Like if you have connections to Mississippi State, you're not coming here. Like every kid that had connections to Mississippi State, right. Derek Brown was like the biggest. If you're a legacy, all. just just go ahead and you're write not coming, them off. unless yeah. you're playing basketball. So I mean, he kind of breaks the mold here, and I think Mississippi State. I think it means something to him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a kid that has Mississippi State in his blood. Mm-hmm. Still have family that lives here, and I think that just I think that just meant something to him, and that's that's special to have a quarterback like that because he's already got some special characteristics as a leader. Um, Chad Knowles or whoever the guy, the Seminole fan that doesn't believe so, but um, his let's, opinion let's doesn't matter. Be careful matter. talking about the Knowles now. That's you know, right. you know, you know where they come. Ever since the 18th of July, that's when Joe Crocker. With a little help of my friends, uh, committed to Mississippi State. State has gone up almost. I'm feeling all right. <laughs> I didn't expect you to go there. I'm not uh, feeling too good myself. You gotta get, you gotta get that that shake in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, state's recruiting class has gone up, I think, 25 spots since then in, in the rankings. They've added guys. When you look at, at who they have in the class and the, and the recent commitments, especially Tobias Hinton, Joe Crocker, Justin Brown, these are guys that I feel pretty confident will be adjusted throughout the season, and they will end up being four star players. Should be. I think Ty Jones has a great chance to do that. As well, and then two guys that I feel are really underrated right now: Malik Ellis and Joseph Head are yeah. guys who could end up being four stars. It's going to end up being a very typical Mississippi State recruiting class, but they're going to have to get a lot of adjustments to move inside, like the top twenty-five. And yeah, I mean, but I'm I'm just I'm really kind of frustrated with some of these rankings that we put on these players. Yeah, I mean, we just threw an eighty-five on Belazar. Yeah. I mean, guys, like it's just to me, it's just it's not really doing a whole lot other than looking at an offer sheet. Possibly, you know, what's going to help Mississippi State a lot is having so many Mississippi kids, high school kids like Abram, Tillman, Jones, Dante Kelly, Head, Ellis. All those kids will go to the Mississippi Alabama All Star Game, and twenty four seven will send its scouts down there we for hope. that. They should. We hope, and that's when they're going to be like, wait a minute. These kids can play. Well, here's my thing. When, when we look in the NFL and we see Jeffrey Simmons, mm-hmm. Chris Jones, Jonathan Abram, um, 
Pernell McPhee, all these – and I know Pernell was a junior college guy, but, um, you know, all these players that came through the state of Mississippi that are absolutely tearing it up in the league, shouldn't we be giving Mississippi a little more credit than we are? Mm-hmm. Especially on the defensive side of the ball, when we've had so many kids come through here and just absolutely, you know, kill it. I feel like we should be giving more attention to the state of Mississippi than it gets. I mean, we just, it's just, I mean, just, just slapping an 85, 86 on a guy when you know that that player is going to grow in into a talented yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just. I, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I see Malik Ellis. I don't think he's going to end up where Charles Cross ended up. I don't think he's going to be a, a five star top offensive lineman in the country, but he is definitely going to progress and become a four star. Joseph Head, again, I'm not saying he's going to end up like Chris Jones and be like the, the top defensive player in the country or one of them, number two overall player in his class, but I am saying that he is going to end up being a four star. I think what hurts State is they get these guys committed so early. Yes. Like you were mentioning camps and everything else, and, and you were mentioning Ty Jones. Yeah, I don't think he'll get um, a major adjustment. Well, he doesn't need a mate. That's the thing with he, I could see him actually falling in some rankings, like falling below some guys mm-hmm. because nobody's watching him plays. And one yeah. A, he's been committed. He he's not a guy that likes publicity. Mm-hmm. He's not doing the whole recruiting games thing. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of he's been there from the start and just kind of going about his business. And in reality, if you actually – that's why I wish we could get people like we used to. Mm-hmm. We used to get Keith Niebuhr down here, Barton Simmons. They would come to Big Dog Camp in the summer and see these guys in person. I really wish that we could get that a lot more. I, I really I wish that somebody would come down here during the summer and then come to the Miss Al game and let's see these players in person. Because if, if you see Ty Jones in person, you're going to say, that dude's a freak. Yeah. You know? And, and like, I just – I. Getting eyes on a guy mm-hmm. is one of the most important things you can do in evaluation. The four guys I mentioned, Hinton, Jones, Crocker, and Brown, all four of them, they don't need a whole lot of of bump yeah. to go to four-star. I mean, Tobias Hinton is an 89 composite. I think 89.5 is – I mean, Chris Parson is a four-star at 89.66. So we're talking about like one, one more good, service Chris bumps him up a couple spots. Chris Parsons needs to be a four star across the board. He does. He's not on your he's not even on twenty four seven. If you which is surprising. You know, if we're going to put a lot of emphasis, if we're gonna go cover Elite Eleven, be there all week or whatever, mm-hmm. put all this emphasis on Elite Eleven, that needs to carry weight. Chris Parson went there and won an actual actually won a skill challenge mm-hmm. there and was one of the final eleven guys out there. So if we're doing that, that do they needs to be a four star across the board. Yeah, I agree. I'm not saying he needs to be like a 95 or something, but Should be a he solid needs a four 90, star. 91. He needs a four star ranking across the board. I agree. I agree with you 100. percent So, Parson is in. This is now the time where Mississippi State, you know, recruiting sort of takes a little bit of a backseat. It has in the past. 15 commitments means at least 10 to come. You know that Mississippi State's going to sign a full 25. Mm-hmm. Um, probably beyond that because they now have the rule. Because you have that rule, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, the, the top guy on the board is Isaac Smith, the safety out of uh, out of Fulton. And then just looking around here in the state of Mississippi, I don't know who the – outside of him, honestly, when you look around the state, I don't know that there's anybody left in the state that Mississippi State really desperately wants outside of flip candidates. They would love to flip Sunterrain Perkins. They would probably like to flip uh, – Aiden Williams when he Caleb, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Caleb Bryant is the next guy I was yes. going to go to. 
But in state, as far as the uncommitted guys, Smith is really all that's left. It's going to be a bunch of uh, out of state guys that sort of fill out this class for, for Mississippi State. If I had to, you know, throw some names out at you, ish, just looking around, you know, another offensive lineman, be it. Uh, uh, do you flip Kobe Keenum from Kentucky? Do you flip Stanton Rammel from Michigan State? Or do you flip uh, oh, was it Anthony Miles from Vanderbilt? Probably trying to get one of those guys as one of your offensive linemen. Another receiver, a guy like Santana Fleming's name keeps brought up. But there, there's some, a lot of chatter from Steve, from Paul, from everyone that Parsons' commitment has opened the eyes and, and maybe got you in, with, in the door with some other wide receivers, some more highly rated wide receivers. So a lot of interesting uh, – there's going to be some names that come out in this class, though, that I, that I would be willing to say we're not really talking about today. But that's been sort of the thing under Leach is names pop up late under him, and they did that under Mullen as well. Mm-hmm. Names will pop up late. The difference is Leach's guys who pop up late have Power 5 offers. Mullen's guys were guys who were you know South Alabama, Troy, yeah. stuff like that. So Yeah, he, he didn't really want to mix it up with anybody late in the game. No, he did not. Go, so. get, go get a quick fix. Absolutely. All right, let's move on into the countdown. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. I spoke to some of those guys on Saturday. They were out cooking out steaks uh, for the football team. Had a grill. I mean, Robbie, they had one of those, you know, huge grills as big, I mean, as wide as our studio here. Oh loaded. Oh, gosh. And they loaded. smelt so good. Yeah. They asked if I wanted one. And I was just like, well, I almost went up to them like, hey, guys, um, did you know you sponsor our podcast? Uh, yeah. Well, that's why I, 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 I get a little rib A couple of the guys knew, knew me, and I was glad to talk to them. I should have grabbed a steak, but I didn't. Um, but you should grab a steak. You should go out and, you know, get out, get out and, uh, Put some little on the grill, some steaks, some burgers, some briskets, some tri-tips. I was looking last night online or some some different stuff. And I'm like, I'm gonna order some beef online. I, mean, I, I just there's just there's just too much good stuff to miss out on. Anytime you're thinking about cooking out, you know you want to put some beef on the grill. There'll be beef on the cookout menu this weekend, Robbie. Don't you worry. I can't wait. It's gonna be fantastic. I can't wait. It's gonna be fantastic. Beef, it's what's for dinner. That's what we gotta say here at Thunder and Lightning. Thanks to the Mississippi Beef Council. Two brothers smoked meats. You know, we said we were going to go get lunch like three times last week. We didn't go one time. I'm, 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 I, 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 what are we doing here? I mean, that's on you. You, you got to formulate the plan. Oh, it's on me now. It's on you. Okay, then. Well, we're going to You're two the bro- adult here. <laughs> wow. We are in real trouble, Robbie, if, yeah. I'm, if I'm making those decisions. Uh, well. Well, we'll put two brothers on our list to do for sure this week because it's just so dang Good. I haven't. It's been like three weeks. I haven't had any smoked wings. I'm gonna. I'm gonna end up in. in a, it's in been a, like two weeks for me. I got. What is back. the methadone of smoked wings? What is the the thing that weans you off? I need that. Smoked wings. I need more smoked wings. Never mind. I'm just an addict, and I'm just gonna live with that addiction. Yeah, th- this is an addiction that I think we can all get behind. Okay. Well, when you want to g- get some great food, when you want to have a great time in Starkville, number one place on your list needs to be Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great service is something that every business promises you. But how do you know who can deliver on it? Well, it's easy. You just look at how long they've been open. Established in. What's the number there? 2016? Well, I don't know. Let's say I'm 47. I'm 46. So 1974 is when Advantage Business Systems started helping Mississippi businesses just like yours. And they're still clicking today. That's a great sign. 
that you're dealing with a your company that takes care of its customers. Next time you've got a problem with your technology, when you need to make a purchase, when you need something repaired, the people to call are Advantage Business Systems. Call them today. Put them to work for you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. End of the countdown. We are running out of days here. Good stuff here. We've got uh, two games today that I think are, are very enjoyable. So let's just dive right into them. Number 13 and number 12 on the countdown. Number 13, a fun day at Davis-Wade Stadium in the year 2000. Mississippi State 47, Florida 35. Shout out to Peace Man Steve, third and 57. Yes. One of, in terms of just fun, you had fun watching the game. This is really high up on the list. State took the early lead. They pushed Florida around the whole time. Spurrier's throwing his visor. You had a safety. You had two safeties in the game. Yep. You ran the ball effectively, defensively. I mean, they gave up 35 points, but they still dominated defensively. Josh Morgan nearly killed Jabbar Gaffney on a hit. Just so much to enjoy in this particular game. Now, the bill would come the next year, but just in terms of enjoyment, from start to finish, this is up there for me. Yeah. This is the game that I, I told you about that time where I saw somebody climbing the fence and they got, like, basically impaled. Yeah, not great. Yeah, like in the in the mid sec, in the middle section. Oh, whoops. Careful. In the middle section, like where, you know, men produce babies. Yes. Yes. Uh, the groin is the word you're looking for. So I was in fifth grade, I think, during this game, and – uh, my good friend Michael Dickerson, I don't know if he's listening, he was in college at State, and he took me to the game, and we sat in the student sections. I was like this little kid sitting in the student section. That was an experience mm-hmm. for a fifth grader to go to go sit in the student section and watch Mississippi State just absolutely bludgeon Rex Grossman and who else was Jesse Palmer was on that Jesse team. Palmer, they played three they played quarterbacks. Like three quarterbacks. Like who's who's gonna somebody do something? I'll give you a dollar if you can name all three. You got two. Who's the third um, guy? The other guy go to Miami. They transfer to Miami. I, I, why would I give you? I'm trying to submit. Well, I don't remember his name. Oh, Brock Berlin. Brock Berlin. He went to Miami, Miami right? Yeah, yeah. He transferred to Miami. Oh, it was a disaster my, for them offensively. One of my favorites. Sometimes you hear stories, right? And there's no way to confirm or deny them, right? Unless you talk to the actual person, which I haven't. But I've always heard that on the first play from scrimmage, Florida breaks the huddle, comes up the line, and Willie Blade says to the the center, Hello, my name is Willie Blade. Don't nobody block Willie Blade. I'm going to be your daddy. <laughs> then he proceeded to dominate the game. I hope that's, that's one of, of the stories that I hope are true. That's high up on the list. I remember... A person like two rows in front of me threw a Jack Daniels bottle. Oh God! Down to the field. Why would you do that? And hit. So you remember the you remember the quote from Steve Spurrier about that was for the Water Boy. Yeah. The next year. Yeah. The Water Boy got hit with the bottle. So I don't think I don't know. I've if, always heard the Water Boy got somebody when they took somebody when they rushed the field. Somebody like speared him. Uh, this was a whiskey bottle hit this dude in the back. I've only seen a player get a hit uh, on the field one time, and you know who it was. He's related to you, isn't he? Corey Peterson. Oh, yeah. He's my, that's my, I already told you that story? Yeah, my first cousin's husband. But have I told you what I saw? Uh-uh. So the, the, 
this game obviously is higher up on the countdown, but the 99 Egg Bowl, uh, as State's rushing the field, <laughs> Corey Peterson's running off, and somebody came behind him and kicked him right in the ass. <laughs> and then they took off running. He I'm turned g- around. I was dying. I've got to ask him about that. It happened. It happened. Corey's, I, Corey's a nice guy. Oh, I'm sure he is. Um, anyway. No, but in this game, DeCenzo Miller was just incredible. DeCenzo Dante could not Dante be stopped. Walker. Um, it was just a fun game. Exactly. It, yeah. it was never really. Smoot had an interception. It was never close. I think they like closed it. Yeah, but State late. always felt like they were in control. Yes. Always felt like they were in control. Defense and was then, unbelievable. Then you have third and 57, which mm-hmm. is one of the all-time comedy. Only to be topped by third and 97. Yes. You know, a few years later. but Didn't they have like negative 70 yards rushing? Something like that. I mean, they lost 57 yards on two plays here, so. The, this was just this is fun. It was crazy, and th- you know this is during you know Florida's mm-hmm. glory years. I mean, State that, it's beat both teams that played for the SEC championship this year. Yeah, they played Florida and Auburn and beat them both. That team could have been a lot better than it was. Yeah, they fell apart there at the end. No yeah. question. There's no question. But what a fun day out in the sun in Starkville. Forty-seven thirty-five Bulldogs over the Gators. Speaking of fun, nothing more fun than winning an Egg Bowl. And that's our number twelve game. The game that, that changed things in the state of Mississippi for a long, long time, uh, and still sort of today, still still reverberates today. Nine, I'm sorry, 2009, Mississippi State 41, Ole Miss 27. The Rebels come in having knocked off LSU. They're prepared to win this game and then go on to the Citrus Bowl. State 4-7 and seven coming in, just trying to get finish out the season on a high note. This is the last time I walked into the stadium completely confident that Ole Miss was going to win. Ever since then, I've at least thought, I think State can win. Even like, I'm trying to think of a year where Ole Miss was just better. Um, you know, last year. Last yeah. last two seasons, I was like, State could find a way. This came, I walked in, I was like, no chance. They got no chance today. It's going to suck. And then midway through the second quarter, Dan Mullen decides, you know what? Let's do something different. And he puts Chris Relf in and starts running the zone read. And, I mean, it might as well have been speaking Greek to the Ole Miss defense. They had no clue how to stop it whatsoever. State gashed them for rushing yardage. When they went to pass, you know, when O'Neill Wilder wasn't open, Chad Bumpus was. And then defensively you get one of you and I, are one of our favorite plays in MSU history, the pick six from Corey Broomfield where he points at Jevin Sneed on the way into the end zone. Rest in peace, Jevin Sneed. Rest in peace, Jevin Sneed. Again, a fun day at the football at the stadium for Mississippi State fans. And then you get the, the cherry on top of the Sunday, Dan Mullen getting on the microphone and basically cutting a promo on Houston Nutt who had said earlier in the week – about how there's one program, you know, the recruits in this state know which program is on the rise. Mm-hmm. And Mullen throws it right back in his face. And it was all downhill from there and, for Oh, Houston it was Nutt. completely all downhill from there. They would, would go back to win the Cotton Bowl, and then after that, 4-8, and 2-10, and, and he's fired. Yep. Whereas Mullen, the next year would be in the top 15, and he won three straight Egg Bowls, and there you are. You remember whenever, like, they threw the touchdown pass to Chad Bumpus? And he was, and Chris Wilf was asked about that after the game. He said he's he was like, I was aiming for O'Neill Water. He was like ten yards away from Chad Bumpus. Mm-hmm. Like nowhere, he wasn't really that close. But somehow he found Bumpus there. So shout out to I, Chad. I, when you're Ralph at that point, somebody's got to tell him like, 
Dude, just uh, just go along with just it. Just go. Yeah, I saw. I, I scrambled a little bit and I saw Bumpus and I, I got it in there to him. You know, just I'm looking. Go back and rewatch the play. Where is O'Neill Wilder? He's not in the frame. I don't think. No, he's like nowhere near. And then, Bumpus, I swear, after that game with that that touchdown, you could you could have convinced me he was going to be Percy Harvin. Yeah, was like, he was kind of fitting the mold. He's obviously great, and he was a great pl- player for Mississippi. That's State. What, but there, this like started all the trash talking. Mm-hmm. You know the Dixon what? from Dixon with Love oh, uh, meme they put on there like a postcard <laughs> when he when he hurdled the yeah. guy teabagged the guy pretty much yeah like that that game was just I almost I, perfect I in the forgot second half for especially. Dixon with Love so so, so beautiful because um, they then they like they just was it like well, just them they had before to, the year before remember but didn't they have to like cancel Dixie or something they had canceled for from Dixie with Love so. That was like around that same time. Yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. It? So I think that's what. So the, it was. It was, a, it was a barb. Yeah. And then you know, remember the year before, State lost forty-five nothing in Oxford. Croom gets fired. Ole Miss. You know, Ole Miss likes to talk about how it's always State starts. Ole Miss started that because State put up the uh, the billboards that said mm-hmm. "Many Happy Returns," and then Ole Miss put up a, a graphic on their jumbotron: "Many Happy Returns, Ole Miss, two thousand eight Egg Bowl champs." Okay, I mean, I don't have an issue with it. You know, if you want to, if we return fire, it's fine. Yeah, but then the yeah, it went from there with, with from Dixon. And, you, with and Love. again, like it's Houston hard to, Nutt hard to started, talk. they act like Dan Mullen was was stoking the flames. He just took what Houston, Houston Nutt, Nutt said. said it first, and he just put it right back. Into like his Dan face. Mullen's the reason this thing's so toxic. No. no, Houston Nutt started the whole thing. Nutt said something, and, and now Mullen. Houston Nutt's probably on Mississippi State side. I don't. Know. It's true. It's true. Dixon was dominant in this game. Ralph rushed for I think 140 yards in this game. Uh, defensively, yeah, a huge game. Defensively, you had I think Charles Mitchell had two picks. Broomfield has a pick, and they recovered a McCluster fumble. De- Dexter McCluster. Let's give him some credit. One of the scariest players. He's a guy that every time he had the ball in his hands, you were like he could go. Yeah, he's he's how Tulu should probably be used a little more. Oh, now you're preaching to the choir. Not not as not as so much as a running back to mm-hmm. me, but the jet sweeps, yeah. the get him the ball. Yeah, I no, you're you're not. You're, I'm not I gonna still don't you. understand Tulu outside. I again, I I don't know. That's that's, that's, that's something that's, that that's subject for another day. But just just a great team performance in this one. Big crowd, a lot of maroon. Just a fun day, fun 11 a.m. game. You remember uh, Dexter McCluster's. Uh, don't text and drive. Yeah, if you want to stay alive. If you want to stay alive, don't yeah. text and drive. Could be yeah. your last breath. Yeah, yeah. How could you forget those? Those it are could iconic. Be your last breath. It, it's it's iconic. Yes. So shout out to Seaspire. Um, <laughs> so you go forty one twenty seven. The Golden Egg returns to Starkville in two thousand and nine. Tease for tomorrow. Uh tease for tomorrow. Who gives a flip? No, you don't. You know it. Not off the top of my head. Okay. You kind of got me stumped here. All right, we'll get it. All right, that's tomorrow's show. Uh, we'll probably talk some more, uh, some more football related things. So there'll be a practice. We're recording Sunday uh, afternoon. There's practice tonight. Late night practice at Mississippi State. I don't, I don't quite know what's up with that. Um, so plenty to talk about there. And uh, we'll uh, we'll keep going. All right, guys, have a great Monday, Robbie. And I'll be back with you on Tuesday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian. Hey, Dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk.
Mississippi Media Production.